it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome into Brewcast for Mesa Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. Good to be back with you. I am Luke Yardy, joined by Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani. Uh, also streaming currently live on Twitch, but we are recording this on Tuesday. Tuesday. I feel kind of bad for uh, everyone on Twitch. You know, I kind of feel like the guy from The Price is Right that tells everyone to come on down. You know, just <laughs> kind of a voice. Got Anthony and Chris on, on video here. But if you're listening on the podcast, uh, that doesn't matter a whole lot. We're going to have a fun one here tonight, though. Uh, presidential debate. Uh, first Ooh. one here of 2020 is going on. So we're, we're going to have a debate of our own because, well, let's be honest, you probably know who you're voting for at this point. You know, what are you going to really get from a presidential debate? So uh, this is going to be, I think, a little more fun here tonight. But, boys, how are we doing? Uh, yeah, I'll put it this way. Like, if your thing is listening to morons yell at each other uh, and then you take sides about it, we're glad that you're here. Uh, obviously, the debate's a little bit later, but uh, – yeah. We're, we're glad to be here. Um, you know, I think it's uh, the Twitch experiment, I think, has gone well for the most part. I've had some Internet issues here and there. Uh, obviously, can't see Luke yet if you're watching the, t- the Twitch stream. But uh, he was also, I might be exaggerating here, like violently ill yesterday, which is why we didn't record yesterday. So um, might be for the best. Do you at least have your color back today? A little bit. My my girlfriend did tell me that I still am pretty pale, but uh, hey, man, we're, we're here. I got a lot more energy today to do the show. I'll tell you that much. Oh, good. That's good to hear. So, yeah, things are going pretty well, though. Uh, we're another week closer to, um, you know, it's been longer than six days since the Big Ten released a schedule, and 
games are still <laughs> on. Still. So things might be going a little haywire with the NFL. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. But as of now, everything is still a go for Michigan in the Big Ten. So happy about that. Chris, how you doing, man? Hanging in there. Uh, yeah, like that's that's very true, Anthony. That it's it's been a week. So uh, no, nothing catastrophic yet, which going a week in 2020 without something catastrophic, you might as well have gone a decade, you know? So, uh, you know, besides that, uh, no, staying busy, doing what I can. Uh, Looking forward to, you know, it's nice to finally seem like we're kind of back into the swing of things here, building up to football season. I think we're going to have a few weeks before things obviously really rev up, but I think we've gotten kind of a preview of, uh, well, when we look at other conferences, uh, kind of a preview of, you know, what maybe to expect. We've seen a lot of teams um, hit the ground running, you know, pretty quickly and a lot of teams stumble and maybe that'll be a preview of what we see uh, coming up here in the big 10 season, starting uh, the 24th. And uh, before we get into our, you know, little uh, quasi debate here uh, for everyone that is uh, viewing this on Twitch currently, don't forget, you can uh, join the chat over in the uh, chat. We can see it and kind of go on that a little bit, but we're with that. We're going to kick it off a little bit here tonight with our little debate. And, And the big question that I think is on pretty much everyone's mind since the, the new schedule came out or even coming into this year, do we expect Michigan to be better or worse than last year? And what does that look like? And Anthony, I'll start with you. Well, I guess the first thing we need to define is, and I'm, I can leave this up to you guys. I can define it. It's up. I guess it's up to the, we didn't prepare too much for this, but um, what, what defines better? Cause they can't, I mean, unless they go, they won nine games last year, unless they go undefeated, make the big, or make the big 10 title game. Um, go to the college football playoff. They won't be better than nine wins. Uh, so what, what defines better uh, is six and two, basically the same as nine and three is, you know, things like that. So I guess before we get into the, what makes them better, I, I'm more interested in your thoughts on like, what, how do we define better? Well, I think first and foremost, finishing better than third in the big 10 East, uh, which I believe they finished a year ago uh, behind Ohio state and Penn state is uh, to me, at least uh, the big one, you know, because we are going to have a full big 10 East slate uh, with two crossover games. So we've kind of got, we we just kind of don't have the non-conference games here this year. We're going to get the extra crossover at the end of the year as well. So I think finishing better than third finishing ahead of, either just Penn state or obviously winning the division, if they're able to, you know, kind of run the table here and uh, beat Penn state and Ohio state. So I I think that for me is what would define better, but you could also, and I'll get your guys opinion on this. It could also just be how they play, how they look. What do you guys think? I mean, is it a from point A to point B performance thing? I I don't, Chris, what do you think? Well, that, I mean, that is a good point that it could be just, uh, it could be an eye test thing. How do they look? How do they prepare for games? Because I think that was an issue we saw from them last season. You know, the four games they lost, I know Alabama was kind of close there near the end. Three of them were ugly losses. I, I think uh, part of it will depend on kind of the the caliber of play in the games they lose. But I, I'm even just narrowing it down and making it more simplified. Last year, this team lost three games uh, in conference. I think uh, you need to find a way to improve off of that. And I'll be as generous as to say, improve off of that before 
that final kind of added tacked on game. Meaning like if you, if you lose two conference games before that fight, you know, before that final game after Ohio state, I'll, I'll say, I'll view it as an improvement, but I think the one big thing and we've talked about it already in nausea we talked about it last week. Everyone's writing articles about it. I think one of the big things that will put fans at ease and, and maybe even determine kind of the caliber of team they have this year may solely depend on how people view the quarterback position. Because last year, and last year was not all doom and gloom. You know, they went nine and four. They played some pretty good football down the stretch. Hammered Ohio State. Or I'm, well, no, didn't definitely didn't do that. Hammered Michigan State. Hammered Indiana. You know, they played played some all right teams fairly tough. You know, that the heartbreaking loss against Penn State. But I think all year, uh, in general, uh, people were pretty uneasy about the quarterback position. I, I think they could finish with relatively the same record, or relatively the same number of losses in conference as they did a year ago. If they feel like the play at the quarterback position is more consistent, uh, I think there will be a lot of people who will view this season as more of a success than a failure. Yeah, I can Anthony, get down I, that. Give, me, give the floor to you on that. Yeah, I mean, I would say better – Again, the you can't really do the wins thing because there's not as many games. But I right. think not for me. This is what better would be um, from start to like you start the season in a good in a relatively good place. You're not making self inflicted mistakes um, when that you know you play better on the road. You don't go into those big holes that they that when you you know at at Penn State, um, you know a couple other games. You know Wisconsin. Those were games that they struggled in. Um, so I'd like to see more there from them. And then that last game of the year, like I know Ohio state is stacked and they're loaded and you can make the argument that Michigan isn't as talented as they were last year, but you know, not getting pummeled in that game or at least putting forth some kind of respectable effort to where, you know, when the, the clock hits zero, you're not, you know, it's not a 28 point 30 point loss. Um, Maybe that's setting the bar too low. Some people, some commenters on the site have already gotten after me uh, about that. But, you know, the expectation for me would be obviously stronger, more consistent play, um, you know, improvements at the quarterback position, uh, more consistent effort from, you know, we can go position group by position group. We're not going to do that. But that's kind of, those are some of the things that I'm looking for when we ask, is this team going to be better or not? So we've went ahead and did our, uh, you know, legal definition of better. You know, this is throwing me back to debate class a little bit here. <laughs> you know, we, we defined our terms. Um, so I will say, Anthony, I will start with you and then we'll go to Chris and then I'll kind of give my spiel. Do you think in 2020 Michigan is a better football team than they were in 2019? I think that they will be a better football team. If simply, you know, if nothing more that I think there's going to be more chemistry with this group uh, heading into the year, you know, they, like we said before, they'd never really stopped practicing and working together. So you almost skipped, you know, you almost, I know there wasn't a true spring, but then you added, you know, whatever it's, however many weeks it'll be between when games were canceled and when the season starts, you know, these guys have been working together and, for the majority of that time, they've known who's going to be there or not. I know there's been some kind of flip-flopping with the opt-outs. Again, I really do think that when it's all said and done, that Jalen Mayfield will be the only opt-out that comes back. Uh, Ambry Thomas is for sure out. Things are stu- still up in the air with Nico Collins. But I think even even with the guys that they have, I think that 
the chemistry will be better. I think that there is, there is a lot of youth and inexperience on the offense, but I do see them be, you know, th- these guys were here last year. So I see them being more comfortable in the second year of this offense, uh, the offensive line. Uh, I think that might be one of your bigger concerns because you're basically replacing everybody. Uh, the defense replaces a cute few key guys uh, and you're going to have problems on the back end, maybe early on or throughout the year, who knows, but uh, I do think when it's all said and done, this will be a more competitive team. And I think a lot of that is going to have to do with the quarterback play you get. I, I think even if you if you even get just slightly better quarterback play than you got out of Shea Patterson, which I, I do think Joe Milton's ceiling is is much higher than than that of what we've seen the last few years. We don't know where that floor is, though. But if you can get even some sort of facsimile of play close to improvement over what Shea Patterson was. I think they're still going to be a good football team and I see them being a better football team. Chris, what about you? Your uh, answer. Well, you make a lot of great points. I will say, I, I think that in terms of talent and maybe not even talent, but experience returning, I think this should not be as good a football team. I mean, last year, it seems like forever ago, and it was that these predictions were very off. This was the odds on favorite a season ago to win the Big Ten. Now, I, I never really necessarily agreed with that, but that was the case. There were a lot of people who coming into 2019 felt that Michigan had the best team returning. Um, I think that they will end up being a better, more competitive team for two reasons, and they kind of go together, but one I think that we or we saw last year in the first, I mean, we, we talked about it a lot and rightfully so. You guys remember how bad the offense looked for the first five, six games last season? Oh, I mean, they were terrible. so anemic. That Iowa game was one of the most brutal games I've ever watched, right? I mean, they could not move the football. They couldn't get a first down. They could can barely beat they could barely complete a pass outside of uh, Zach Charbonnet maybe breaking a, an eight to ten yard run every so often. It was a, it was a it was a miserable offense to watch. They found something in the second half of the Penn State game, ultimately came up short, but I think that they they kind of turned a corner there. I think we're what we're gonna see from the second or from this team offensively this year will be what we saw in the second half of last season. So I think for the reason, number one, I think the Josh Gaddis offensive scheme um, is going to take a step forward. I think guys are going to be more comfortable in that offense than they were a year ago at this time. And two, and like I said, they kind of run together. I don't, I'm not saying Joel Milton is going to be the end all be all quarterback here. I'm not saying he's going to be the best quarterback in school history, but I think there were, very apparent flaws in Shea Patterson's game as a quarterback and teams that had a lot of talent like Penn state, like Ohio state, like Alabama were capable of exploiting that. They, they, they were aware of the fact that this was not an accurate quarterback down the field uh, in games like Indiana and Michigan state teams that had smaller, less talented defensive backs. Uh, Patterson was able to come apart. I think that Milton's, and Milton accuracy with his deep ball will open up the offense quite a bit. I think it'll, it'll make it um, more. There's a reason why quarterback positions because a quarterback, a great quarterback can take a, an average to good team and uh, turn them into a, uh, and, and turn them into a really good one. And, and I think that we may have the potential of that here with Milton. 
Yeah. So the the way I look at it is you can, Chris kind of did this actually kind of just broke it down into, you could almost break down 2019 into thirds of a season. Right. I yeah. mean, you know, middle Tennessee, um, army, Wisconsin, and Iowa were, were bad. They, they, they were bad, started yeah. to turn the corner a little bit, but then October comes around and second half of the Penn state game. And it's a different football team, completely different football team. So when I look at 2020 compared to that, and I actually Michigan for the most part, like if you go back and watch the Ohio state game, yeah, the defense gave up a, a ton of points. Michigan kind of moved the football on an Ohio state team that was pretty good defensively mm-hmm. last year. And they moved sure. the football in that bowl game against Alabama, at least in that first half. Um, that's why here in 2020, I don't think Michigan to begin the season is going to have that kind of, you know, feel through period, even with a lot of the new guys that we've got. I I mean, Michigan lost most of the offensive line. Jalen Mayfield coming back could be a huge, huge return. Did not have a ton of inexperience on that offensive line. Um, But to begin 2020, I think Michigan is going to look far better than they did at the beginning of 2019. However, I don't think as the season goes on there, I I just don't think it's possible for them to find that extra gear kind of like they did towards the end of last year. And that's when I think the inexperience of this team is going to shine through because we're going to be kind of waiting for that improvement. When's that game that it's all going to click and I'm not sure that's going to happen this year, especially not having Nico Collins. In it. And I know the wide receiver group is still really good here at Michigan. There's going to be a lot of guys stepping up. They do every year, but I don't think offensively there's going to be that big leap, even with Joe Milton becoming more and more comfortable in the offense because everyone else has to make that leap as well. And I don't, just don't see that being the case. So at the beginning of 2020, they're going to be better than they were in 2019 at the end of 2020, I don't think they'll be as good as they were at the end of 2019. So as they might, you know, with the way the, uh, they could ultimately finish a little better than they did, uh, you know, with that Wisconsin game early, the, the Minnesota game early, I think they will be well more prepared for, you know, a team like Wisconsin here this year and a good chance to beat the Badgers. I personally believe. Um, but towards the end of it, I just don't think they're going to necessarily be where they were a year ago because of the offensive line. And in particular, uh, where the secondary is going to be. Now, it sounds like, you know, uh, Dax Hill is going to be potentially moving to corner here this year, uh, but the uh, defensive backfield lost a lot, man. They're going to be, you know, struggling. Obviously, you lose a guy um, uh, blanking right now, and I apologize. You, ha- you have great pass rushers still, um, but you lose a guy like Josh Uche last year, you know, who, yeah. who made a, a ton of plays for you, and – I, I don't know. I will see where the depth is here this year, but I'm really worried about that defensive backfield and the inexperience among the offensive line. I think to begin 2020, it's going to be better than 2019, but as a whole, I think it's going to be a little bit worse. And quite honestly, uh, if they finish third again, I, I guess we could 
call it a wash that I guess that could be kind of a, kind of an option too here that we didn't really discuss could ultimately just be a wash for this team. This episode is sponsored by better help. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist, and if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, well, let me, let's, so let's just boil it down while we're here. So you, you, you think that they will be better to start the season. I think we're all kind of on board with that idea. So, and that's, you look at the early part of the schedule, those first four games are at Minnesota versus Michigan state at Indiana versus Wisconsin. So if we feel like, let's just say they come out of that stretch three and one. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you're saying maybe they're not quite as good down the stretch uh, as they were last year. You, you go to Rutgers, you get Penn state at home, you get, Maryland at home. And then obviously you go to, you go to Ohio state. So is it possible that, I mean, you should, what's the expectation in that back half, I guess is what I'm saying. So is it, um, is it lose to Penn? You know, do you think that there's a chance they lose to Penn state? Oh, this is the other thing we're not aware of. Um, the last couple of times, or at least the last time that Michigan played Wisconsin and Penn state in Ann Arbor, they kicked the tar out of both of them, and they were yep. both. I both. I think they were both night games. Uh, you know, big atmospheres. There's going to be no atmosphere this year. The band might not even be there. So, mm-hmm. do we worry about the lack of home field advantage? Um, I don't worry as much about that in, um, you know, game against Michigan State. But it is, it is still early in the Actually, year. Yeah, Anthony, that's that's a really good point because we talked about on this show we've always wondered and found it odd that Michigan for away games, they don't seem to get up for them. Right. Yeah. Like they, it's almost like under Jim Harbaugh, they've really fed on that atmosphere at the big house. But for these away games, they come out Wisconsin. I mean, how bad did they look in the first half? They looked horrendous against Penn state on the road last year. They just don't seem to get up for a lot of these games on the road, in particular, these big games. And without that atmosphere at the big house this year, I actually think that could potentially be an underlying issue. Well, so that's the other thing that we could talk about here is that do we think like, is there a chance that 
so they go on the road. They have these issues. A lot of times they look like deer, you know, the deer in the headlights look. Do we think that that has to do with being away from home or does, does it have to do with, you know, you go to, you go play at a place like Ohio state. I've, I've only been there once. It was for the 2016 game. And I've talked about this here before where, you know, you go on the field before the game and you are literally like in the lion's den. It's like a scene out of gladiator. There's, you know, those fans, they smell blood in the water. Is that something that's intimidating or is it just the fact that they're not at home? Because, um, if it's a fan thing, does the concern become that home doesn't feel like home anymore either? And you have to worry about coming out flat in those games. So that's going to be a fascinating storyline to me. And that that's the kind of stuff to me. And this will be considered, you know, we're, we're doing a debate episode, but this might be the part where it's considered, you know, me sitting on the fence is that I don't know if I'm necessarily putting a ton of, you know, I'm not, I don't know if I'm throwing anyone, uh, anyone's feet to the fire um, in terms of expectations this year. Now, that's not to say that going three and five or four and four or whatever is going to be acceptable. Um, that's not to say that if Don Brown gets lit up by Ohio State again, that's going to be acceptable. But, you know, if they – let's just say they do go six and three or five and four. Like, yeah, they're worse, but then the, almost all of the, this entire team comes back next year. So – people are tired of the wait till next year stuff. I get it, but I think this is just going to be a weird year that uh, we don't really know how those things are going to look yet. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how, what else to really add to that. I, I think you know, the home field advantage thing is so strange. And I think I kind of just look at it as a wash. Cause I think like the Ohio state game, Ohio state's going to Ohio state, right? Buckeyes are going to Buckeye, you know, what, what, what they do to Michigan on their home, home turf, um, I don't, I don't really know if, if home field advantage really has that much of a difference there. I mean, we saw last year, uh, it didn't make any difference. Michigan playing at home. They still got throttled. I, I think in some aspects though, it will work to Michigan's advantage. I think that opening game, you know, I, Minnesota is they're coming off of, you know, outside of, you know, the, the days of leather helmets, right. Uh, maybe the most successful season they've ever had. And in under regular circumstances, I would be much more worried about a game like that than I am now. Uh, I, I, I like Michigan's chances and I think I'd like their chances anyway, but you know, not having to worry about a capacity crowd at Gopher stadium, um, I, I think is advantage Michigan, but you know, I, you hear a lot of weird things about what home field advantage does um, at the big house. You know, you hear, you even hear a lot of negative things. I I think that they admittedly have played a million times better at home, but I think to me, that's more, that speaks more to how ill prepared and that that might seem harsh. They've been uh, with in some road games. I mean, in, in the two road games I'm thinking of last year, Wisconsin first drive came prepared punched Michigan in the mouth, first drive of the game, drove right down the field. I mean, we were watching it uh, together, Anthony, at, at the, the bar there in Ann Arbor. I mean, essentially, Wisconsin drove down the field, scoring the first possession, the game was over. And you saw last year at Penn State, uh, Michigan couldn't get a playoff before having to call a timeout. Like, I think those are those are things where I think Michigan will benefit from not having to deal with, with those environments. I I like their chances in a lot of their home games, even without the fans. I think that not having fans this year could be something that might actually end up doing them more help than harm. 
That's an interesting, yeah, interesting take. So we we kind of talked about records last week, and we all kind of fall in that six and three, seven and two area. Uh, to be honest, I just yeah, when I when I look at this Michigan team, I'm hoping that they're better than they were a year ago. But I think Anthony, you you alluded to Joe Milton's floor and ceiling. Um, quite honestly, with with the loss of the offensive line, not having Nico Collins, I think. The floor is higher for this Michigan team, but I think the ceiling's a little lower. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I don't. I would say their ceiling is probably somewhere in between what it was in 2018 and what it was in 2017. Like, I don't think that you know their their floor obviously in 2018 was you know what we saw against Ohio State, and their floor in 2017 was about as ugly as it got with you know poor quarterback issues, blowing a 16 point lead. A bowl game. I don't think they'll sink to those depths, but yeah, I think yeah, you're probably right about that. Well, Anthony, anything uh, to add? Uh, that's, I think we pretty much burned it down as far as I'm concerned. Um, want to see what we got going on in the chat over here and Twitch before we get out of here? Yeah, because I like what uh, AC3R6 uh, talked about a little Duncan Robinson. Uh, with the Heat and obviously Jawan Howard having been a, an assistant coach with the Heat and actually well beloved, you know, won uh, a couple of titles as in a kind of a, I don't know, player coach sort of role that he had yeah. uh, in, in the LeBron, D Wade, Chris Bosch era days. But man, I, I mean, if you would, uh, this Duncan Robinson story, and I know everyone's talking about it, but it's not going to cease to amaze me what he's done and how far he's come. And, I mean, this guy was coming off the bench when they went to the national championship game, you know, and for him to to work his way, kind of, he was on that two-way contract, spent a little time in the G League. Now he's going to be starting in the NBA finals and one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA, man. I mean, I know everyone has kind of said it, but it's fascinating to me regardless. It's I, I'm I sent this out in a tweet a couple months ago and I, I I'm it was something I'm I'm actually proud that I said if the beeline era were to manifest itself as a person it would be Duncan Robinson and his NBA career like this is a guy a lot of people considered undersized um you know uh, people undervalued him you know even you know when he was in college this guy was D three right and um has risen above the ranks everywhere he's gone. I mean, wasn't, you know, from D3 to D1, from D1 to the final four, from the final four to undrafted, from undrafted to the NBA finals. It really is an amazing thing. And I think like, and we all like Duncan when he was here. I I think we, we, we have a soft spot for all those guys. You know, they were champions here. They took him to the national championship, but dude, nobody not in on this podcast and nobody out there listening expected this. And I thought maybe, maybe, because of his jump shot, he could be a guy, one of the last guys off of an NBA bench, right? But he has grown, and I think you got to give a lot of uh, uh, you got to give a lot of credit to my, the Miami Heat. And you've been hearing a lot about Heat culture, and you know I, I don't know what that means, but I think what it speaks to is the fact that I think Eric Spolstra is probably one of the top three to five coaches in the NBA, and has been for a while. Like he, he was all, he probably never got a fair shake because everyone said, Oh, well, he had LeBron, you know, he had the big three. Now the dude knows what he's doing. 
and he just took a five seed to the NBA finals and he's taken a guy in Duncan Robinson. And, and a lot of the credit goes to Duncan. I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but it's, I think he, he went into a really good situation there in Miami and he made that situation a whole lot better for himself. It's a, it's an awesome story. You know, like the ultimate, the beeline player in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what to say that hasn't really been said already. I mean, it's a, it's a Hollywood script. It's got movie written all over it. Uh, I'm pulling for that guy. I'm pulling for the heat who are like the plucky underdogs now, which what, what a, what a time to be alive. I mean, a couple of years ago, that was the team that the nation kind of rallied around to hate, um, yeah. you know, with LeBron James on the roster and, sure. and Jawan Howard and those other guys. But um, I'll be pulling for them. Uh, like I said, I, I think that, uh, you know, there were concerns about these teams going into a bubble that they wouldn't crown a legitimate champion, but, you know, to be in that situation for, you know, three months like they have now. And listen, I know they're millionaires. I know they've got a pretty sweet setup there. Um, no one's really going to cry for those guys, uh, but the same deal with hockey. I mean, anyone who you can put an asterisk next to any of it because it is a, a pandemic altered season. Uh, I did that a little bit earlier when we were talking about what this season could be for Michigan, but you go out and you win in that in, in these circumstances. I think that's pretty impressive. And um, you know, Eric Spolstra for him to, you know, take, make the heat a likable team. Mm-hmm. is is pretty impressive uh to me and, and like i said i i like i like the makeup of the roster i like the guys uh, i'll be pulling from and, and pulling for duncan hopefully that they're able to finish this thing off because like i said it, it would be be something pretty special and i do got to add one more thing you know you brought up the bubble i'm gonna be honest i've been more riveted and more intrigued by the NBA during this postseason than I have over the last several, like, and a part, part of that is more parody. You know, over the last several years, it's been warriors and whoever the warriors were going to beat on, you know, I know last year, the, the Raptors, you know, snuck in and won a championship and that was impressive. But I think for the most part, it was over the last four or five years, it's been one of three teams was going to win the NBA championship. I think with the way the bubble's gone down, I've been fascinated by it. I think they've done a really good job with it. And this pains me as a fan of this sport, but to me, the only one of the major professional sports that I think is probably going to be most worthy of an asterisk at the end of the season is going to be baseball. Like I think, I think hockey did their thing. I think the NFL is going to go on without a hitch. I think whoever wins in the NBA, people will remember it as an odd circumstance, obviously, but I don't think anyone's going to view it as, as tainted. Uh, the, the one that uh, I think will, will suffer the biggest hit will be uh, probably baseball because they played 40% of a season and it's their own damn fault. Uh, the labor negotiations completely screwed them over. They didn't have much of a plan. Their commissioner is a complete idiot. And, um, you know, and now they find themselves in this very wonky 16 team postseason. But uh, I, in general, I, I think, uh, I think a lot of people view what's happened with the bubble as a, a very legitimate title. Uh, I'll be quite honest with you. As weird as it sounds, this is going to be uh, as legit, if not more legit. And the reason I say that, and obviously, you know, teams have had to, to deal with things like travel uh, for as long as the NBA has been around and it's gotten a little better, but the quality of basketball in the bubble, especially in the playoffs has been exponentially better than it 
probably has the last couple of years. And, and I think not having to travel has done a, a lot for that. The quality of basketball has been fantastic. Pretty much everyone's been on their A game throughout this. So I think this is a very, very legitimate title. Whoever wins between the Lakers and the Heat. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you completely. Totally agree. Well, I think uh, we covered just about everything we could here this week, and we're going to just keep inching closer to the start of this Michigan football season. As we wrap up, Chris, I'll let you uh, let the folks know where to find you on social media. Oh, you can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2-0-1-4. Been quite the adventure there on social media over the last week Um, during Twitter's big purge. I had my account restricted for, I don't know, two days or so. That was a bit frustrating. Uh, it had taken a break from um, a lot of the Twitter video content um, over the last several years. I hadn't really taken a break. I mean, I've made videos after every Tigers game, after every Major League Baseball postseason game, after every Michigan football and basketball game. And uh, I'm just stepping away from that for a little bit. But you can listen to my other show, Locked on Tigers. That is uh, continuing to, to turn those out on schedule Monday through Friday. So uh, you can follow that on Twitter at locked on tigers for updates, and you can find it on Apple uh, podcasts on iTunes on Spotify. So uh, I'd appreciate you following me on all those platforms. Anthony, how about you? I uh, can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T broom, uh, follow, follow us on Twitch. Uh, thanks to those who watch throughout the night. We're, we're getting close to 100. We're at 81 uh, as we close this out. So if we can get to 100, that'd be great. We'll keep doing the NCAA streams on there. Those have been a lot of fun. Uh, you missed a good one earlier <laughs> uh, with me and Purdue. Uh, but you can get our shows and podcasts wherever you get uh, wherever you get them. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, a lot of good stuff coming from us uh, leading up to the season and then in week during the season. So it, it's good uh it's going to be back in the swing of things again. It was a really long, you know, five, almost six months of not knowing what's going on, but um, we're back and we're, we're back as good as we've ever been. So uh, appreciate you guys following along. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks to everyone uh, on Twitch here tonight. And then obviously listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, as Anthony mentioned. And uh, thanks for engaging in the discussion as well. For myself, you can find me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Give me a follow on there as uh, football season right around the corner and we're going to be having a lot of discussion on there. So a big thank you once again. And hopefully... You know, we'll we'll keep continuing to grow this Twitch thing. I'm having a lot of fun with it and uh, continue to listen to the podcasts. And remember to subscribe and leave a review for all of our shows and content where you get your podcasts by searching Maze Approved Podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. We'll be back next week with another edition of Brewcast. For Chris Castellani and Anthony Broom, I'm Luke Giardi. See you next week.